Hey everyone, welcome back to TV Guys. And if you fall asleep during this episode, we're moving you to Tulsa. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And we avoided the obvious joke. Yeah, how, uh, Brian, be honest. How much like would you have put in the bet to say I would do a? Should, could we be any more of a whatever as the one liner? I figured you'd do something like that. So yeah, you didn't do the obvious joke, but also. Yep. The whole Tulsa thing is in a different light because you're realizing that he only went to Tulsa so that Matthew Perry could get a handle on his drug addiction. <laughs> no. So <laughs> thanks for ruining that. I don't know if like many other people know that either. So, I mean, way to shatter that illusion. Yeah. But uh, speaking of like the low hanging fruit, I will say like my favorite version of that joke, because like that's that's the one you you mock when you're like going to mock Matthew Perry on Friends, which people aren't going to do that for a little bit now. Um, But when you're making fun of that, the Simpsons did a really good version of it in a Treehouse of Horror episode where the Simpsons move into a um, smart house. And the smart house has a number of settings for the robot voice, and they end up uh, settling on Pierce Brosnan, actually voiced by Pierce Brosnan in that episode. But one of the settings is Matthew Perry, and they switch to it for a second. And it goes, could I be any more of a house? And then they just keep moving down the list. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where I don't know how often he actually did that on Friends. It just no. kind of became what he was known for. Yeah, it's more about the cadence that it's said with. Because that, like, he has that specific way of talking where emphasizing the weird word to really mm-hmm. drive home the sarcasm of the sentence. Because when I think of that, the one that comes to mind is actually Joey mocking Chandler when he's like, could I be wearing any more clothes? Like, that's yes. the person that comes to mind. I have to remember, wait, no, that's that's Joey. <laughs> Monica says one, too, whereas could I be any? I can't remember what her, her one is, but she mm-hmm. does one in another episode as well. Yeah. But today we are talking about the best Chandler moments, obviously because of the recent uh, news of Matthew Perry's death. And so I know by the time that this episode comes out, it'll have been pretty old, especially in Internet terms, because like even one week after that had happened, mm-hmm. it already is like, you know, sadly enough, this is how we are. We just we move on. We we continue with our own life. And we're yeah. like, yeah, that's sad. But, you know. We, we get to the other side of it. So this is our own little version a month late, probably by the time this well, is we're out. already already like a week and a half late recording this. Yeah. So a, a month after this has happened, but we're still going to give a little bit of a memorial on our side of it just to say, hey, this was a great character and we really want to applaud. I know that there's been a lot of that because, yeah, Matthew yeah. Perry made us laugh. And there's was, a, a that little, was my favorite. Yeah, there's a little bit of the sadness of it, too, when you hear some of his uh, commentary and in interviews where he talked about like having to chase the laugh and like how he needed to get the laugh. And it was just such an obsession that it, mm-hmm. it led and fueled his drug problem. And that really hurts me because I feel like he's just so naturally funny mm-hmm. that even oh, when yeah. a joke doesn't quite land, he still does it in a really good way. And to yeah. know that that caused him the pain it did to, to chase <clears> after <throat> that, that makes me sad. I'm like, I want to be able to enjoy these episodes and I haven't gone back and rewatched cause I don't know how it would <laughs> in light of that and what has happened to him. Like, I don't know how these episodes would hit this time, but like, I just, I always, You said it. He's your favorite. He's one of my Mm -hmm. favorites. He's just, he does such a good job. So we wanted to commemorate some of our best Chandler moments. Yeah. So I remember the night that it happened, I was driving to my girlfriend's house and my car has the the feature where it reads your text messages to you. 
And I got a text from actually our guest from last week, Alex, uh, said, hey, did Matthew Perry die? I'm like, no. Like, so as soon as I parked, I pulled out my phone and Googled and found out, yeah, that's true. And then the, then the next thing I did was I, I screenshotted it and sent it to Matt. And Matt's like, yeah, Angie just told me. Yeah, she literally told me like maybe 20 seconds before you sent that to me. So she still broke the news first, but only barely. So Alex and Angie broke the news to us. The A's. And the speaking A's. of which, we did also reach out to a number of guests because we've done a couple episodes on Friends before. Yep. We Like early, early on, we talked about our favorite cameos. Uh, then we did an episode where we ranked every single character on Friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've had a couple different shows and we've had some guests on there. So we reached out to a few and of I our be- guests. And I believe yeah. Trisha um, caved and let me put Chandler as number one because she was going to put Phoebe as number one and she had a veto. But I, if I remember correctly, she let me put Chandler as number one. Oh, that's so nice of her. Or he that just shows her how non-competitively she takes those. <laughs> like, it's really funny to have one of those with Trisha versus one of those with Paul. Because Trisha's yeah. like, I'm just having fun through this whole episode. And Paul's like, I will win and the right person will be at number one. <laughs> so help me. Like, he treats it like a challenge, which is great. It's good to have both of those type of guests. Well, I do think it was fitting that the top three was was Chandler, Phoebe, and Joey. Like, that, that's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Like mm. Ross isn't making the top three. <laughs> Wasn't Mike like number four? Yeah. Um, Mike was, was above Mike was within the top six. Like it wasn't just the, the friends are the top six, which is what I wanted to do. I tried to put Monica pretty low, but then you guys vetoed me and we had to put her higher. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard with one of the top six to not have the, or one of the six regulars to not have them at least in the top 10. Maybe just because we get so much of them, 10 seasons. Yeah. And like, obviously there's, and even when we were talking about, oh, this was before we were recording, but the seasons when Chandler went to um, the episodes where he went to Tulsa was so that Matthew Perry could not be around for a little bit to go and rehab for his drug addiction. But even then they would insert scenes of him in Oklahoma so that they, there's still not a single episode where one of the six does not appear. They're all six in every episode. Yeah, it's it's funny when they it's funny the things that TV shows do to cover real life things like the most common thing we hear about is pregnancies of Mm -hmm. like, oh, they stage it certain ways so you don't see the belly. And then all of a sudden Lily is gone on the show because Barney said a bad joke to her for four episodes or whatever it is. And it's like, well, that's maternity leave. That's what it is. Or Phoebe was pregnant in real life. Lisa Kudrow was pregnant. They wrote her into being pregnant in the show with her brother's triplets, but she Je- wasn't realized. Jenna pregnant Fisher with too in the office. Yep. But she was, but the thing is that Lisa Kudrow wasn't for one thing, she wasn't pregnant with triplets and Phoebe had like, she had the baby before her baby before Phoebe did. So Phoebe had to like, still had to wear a fake baby belt, you know, bump after she had the baby. Was, Weird timeline thing. Was it pregnancy that was the reason for Zoe Deschanel um, going on jury duty in the final New Girl season? I believe so. Yes, that's what yeah. I thought so too. Anyway, we're not talking about those shows. <laughs> we get on well, tangents so easily. It is. We haven't even gotten to one Chandler moment, and we're like what eight minutes in. So, but you know what? If if Chandler had a podcast, which out of the six, he'd be the one to have a podcast. This is uh, how no, it would be. Ross would, and it would be an extremely boring podcast. 
Ross would be like talking dinosaurs. <laughs> Let me tell you about new sedimentary developments in the. <laughs> no, I don't want to hear this. And then one episode, and then like one episode again, people, someone would say he's boring. And then he would go way over the top and be like, I am Ross the Dino. And like, I'm writing an episode of Friends right now. <laughs> I mean, we had a, we had something similar to that where he just happened. I don't remember the reasoning, but like he happened into an English accent as a professor. Oh, and yeah. The, and the class responded so well to it. He's just like, well, I'm just going to keep that. <laughs> So it is it is 100% within character for Ross to try to appeal to his demographic in a really stupid way. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk. So, again, we reached out to some of our guests. And so talking about Trisha earlier, she uh, we asked her what was one of her favorite Chandler moments. And she actually said she gave a couple ones. One of them was she was like, I actually really like to watch the bloopers because it's really funny. Again, this goes back to how funny Matthew Perry is, is that he would just he was the hit on set. You could tell that he was the guy that like would always keep up that energy for everyone else on the set. Like they, they all had the, were good actors. They all had their good comedic timing, but I think having Matthew Perry there made the show fun. And when you make something fun, everyone buys into it. Like that's why the oceans 11 movies are so great. You can tell they're all having fun. You can yeah. tell the cast of friends is having fun. And so that was a big thing. Cause she said he was just so funny when he was messing with the different actors and making fun of them too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Chandler thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's, here's one that actually happened in show that I agree with. I think this is on my list. Um, th- of course, the whole arc of Monica and Chandler dating secretly had yeah. so many great moments, a lot of Chandler's best stuff in there. Um, mm-hmm. But what she, the one she pulled out of it was uh, when he accidentally kisses Monica on the way out the oh, door yeah. in front of Rachel and Phoebe. And so then he goes to kiss, to cover his bases. He has to kiss all of them as well. And like played it well, off. Like after Europe, this was a Europe thing. Well, like he kisses Rachel and then he like, he has to like maneuver around Phoebe's giant triplet belly to, to, to kiss her. <laughs> Phoebe's always a pleasure. And then Joey's at the door. Joey's like, ah, get away from me. <laughs> And it's funny that they let it happen like a couple times, but they're mm-hmm. like, this can't keep. And then, of course, they have the come to Jesus like, no, this has to stop. Yes. And Monica's, frankly, it's a little gross. And then, and then the kind of a similar one is like when Chandler's boss kept slapping him on the butt and then he had to have the same conversation with his boss. <laughs> Which I have to, too. Um, although I work remotely, so it's a lot more effort for my boss to come down here and slap my butt and then drive back to, to Wilmer. <laughs> Man, they're committed. Four hours here, four hours back, just for a good old butt slap. I, at that point, I can't report them. You just got to admire the effort. You're like, you know what? I, you, you win this one. <laughs> I'm even giving you a slow clap. Just a, just real, real good stuff. Yeah. You know, an underrated pairing, because when you think of Chandler, you think of either Chandler, Monica or Chandler and Joey. And of course, those are great pairings. But I love that when you you get little smatterings of Chandler and Rachel as friends. I don't know why it didn't work so well. And out of the three guys, Chandler's the only one they never, except for like in an alternate flashback, they hint at like, oh, Chandler had a crush on Rachel once. Other than that, it was never, ever, you never wonder, oh, are Chandler and Rachel going to be a thing? 
yeah. and took that pressure off. Like I'm thinking when they are eating the cheesecake off the floor yes. in the hallway and Joey comes up. And of course, Joey's the, the one who not only doesn't, doesn't question it, <laughs> but already has a fork in his pocket, right? And like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and And for me, like, I, I was looking online too to be like, what are just to make sure we don't miss some. I want to see what are what do other people out there say are their favorite Chandler moments as well. Yeah. And so this one was brought up, but like I'm like, I'm not gonna put it on my list just because for me, sure, that's a fun thing with him and Rachel, but to me that ends up being a Joey moment just because that is such a great response. It's almost like someone in the writer's room started with that moment because it builds so perfectly to that, that well, like, is, let's work backwards from that. Yeah, that moment might be a Joey moment, but the whole storyline was Chandler and Rachel being obsessed with the cheesecake. And it was yes. like a thing that they were doing together. Yes. And like, you don't get a lot of Rachel and Chandler, but I like there's one episode early on where Chandler is drunk and he's like, and then. Um, Rachel's like, you mean Beefsteak Charlie's? He's like, yes. He goes, you and I, we've always been like like this. And like, <laughs> yeah, and then the, the fingers back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he, what was his thing? Like, why was he so uppity in that moment, like on the show? Because there was, there was a reason he was like high energy for something. He was drunk. I thought that's what it was. But I don't remember why he was drunk. Yeah. Well, probably from the alcohol. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. But, but speaking yeah. of Chandler and Rachel, for me, like I, I think of whenever he, I hear Chandler and Rachel, I'll think of the many times that they did like sides. You know, like there's always a number of times where it's Chandler and some other guys versus Rachel and some other girls, even though they're not like the figureheads of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so like you know, we'll get to the one big one that we already talked about like a month ago of the great episode of. Chandler versus Phoebe, Chandler and Monica versus Phoebe and Rachel and Joey caught in the crossfire. Yeah. But um, the side thing I love was when they're betting for the apartment in the game show that Ross is hosting. I yeah. love that whole episode, episode. Yeah. But I end up quoting just a very small thing at the end. I it's either at the end of that episode or it's like at the beginning of the next when they're moving in. But Rachel and Monica are, are, upset because they lost and so they're fighting back and forth and chandler i love this line i quote it all the time i said he's like will you guys stop fighting you're ruining moving day for us <laughs> i love that line so much and i will constantly say you're ruining something you know i'll do that all the time because it's just mm. such a funny diffuser of a fight and, and it's like that's very much chandler personality and then later on so you know for a couple episodes they switched apartments and then the guys go to a hockey game or a, a basketball game. They come back and the girls had switched the apartments back. This is a great Chandler moment when the guys walk into what used to be their apartment and they realize that all their stuff is there. And Joey doesn't realize what's happening. Joey just goes on autopilot and sits in his chair. But Chandler does this weird thing where he like hunches down and like looks around like, what, what's, what's happening? For certain, like, and it's just a weird physical thing. Like you wouldn't put in the script – Chandler hunches it down awkwardly, but it's just in the moment that really worked physically for Chandler in that moment. Yeah. I, I love the the instincts that some of these characters will have. Like I've said it before about one of these times where David Schwimmer 
again, David Schwimmer gets the least in terms of script for what to do with Ross, but he makes the most out of everything that he's given because he doesn't have a lot to begin with. And so Mm -hmm. like when he's so excited about this phone call with Emily, when she's like agreeing to see him again, and he's just on the phone and he absentmindedly picks up a lamp and hands it to Chandler. And so then Matthew Perry rolls with it. I'm just like a, Why'd you hand me a lamp? <laughs> and it works for both of the both of those personalities for that moment of that's how it would go. And it's it's such a natural, stupid joke that works really well because of the actors. Well, and similarly, there's a Chandler scene where he's trying to say, uh, oh, Donald Trump wants his blue blazer back, but he said blue blazer black. And I believe that was a a mistake in the moment that they went with and all the guys are everyone's making fun of him why would you want why would we want a blue blazer black like to think that that whole thing was just made up on the spot because matthew perry made the mistake which is just awesome to think about yes i was going to jump into another relationship because this will tie into what my wife angie who asked i by we asked of course guess who asked her uh, probably the guy married to her. So I, I asked Angie, what's one of her favorite Chandler moments? And she, mm-hmm. she's like, I, it's not a moment, but just with Joey, she loves the relationship with Joey because mm-hmm. it's, it reveals this other side of Chandler too. Obviously you get the, uh, there, sh- there has to be, if you have a sarcastic guy and a dumb guy together, the sarcastic guy has to poke fun at the dumb guy. That That's yes. just what you do. But there's also a lot of these scenes where we see how much Chandler cares for Joey and how oh, yeah. jo- Joey wouldn't have the success that he has in life without Chandler and how much Chandler does to help and him pursue his acting career, even when he has uh, several reasons to not support Joey and to be like, yeah. maybe Joey, you should go somewhere else and do something different. Well, and be fair, Joey would probably be homeless without Chandler because yep. how much rent did he pay when Joey was not paying rent? And so I brought up to her, I'm like, you know, you didn't, you said there's not one moment, but for me, the moment that really exemplifies that best probably is him making up a card game just oh, yeah. so that he could get money to Joey. And like, oh, you won. You And then Joey goes <laughs> and he plays the same game, with somehow Ross. remembering the rules. <laughs> With Ross, and he beats him, and so then Chandler has to outwit Ross to get Joey his money back. Yeah. Well, I remember also when, along those lines, Joey and Chandler are going over bills, and he's like, here's the phone bill, and Joey's, oh my god, that's our phone number. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say the other, the joke that it ends on, where like, shows the electric bill, and he immediately jumps up and turns off the lights. And then Chandler's like, so it finishes later then? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? Who else? Did, did you talk with some of our other guests? Um, yeah. So here's the, here's the response that I got. So I, I messaged both of our guests, Alex and Mike. Uh, Alex said earlier, I said, what was your favorite, some favorite Chandler moments? He said, oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> and that's all he said. <laughs> that was Alex. So thanks, thanks, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> what a pro. We got to make sure to tag him in this episode. And then Mike texted me actually just while we're recording this. And he said, uh, any Janice moment, which I was going to bring up Janice. I think Janice is such a fun character, especially when she played along with, with Chandler. So they say that they, they didn't know early on that Monica and Chandler were going to be like the couple. And they kind of decided even when they got together, they didn't know they were going to stay together. Mm-hmm. 
I think that if Monica and Chandler hadn't happened, I think that Chandler would have ended up a Janice. I think they would have brought her back because they did. They, she was in one of the four characters outside the six who were in every season, at least once. And there's really nothing wrong with Janice. She's other than she's just has a an annoying laugh and can be a little bit of annoying. But she was a good girlfriend. She was caring, and like they worked together. Like in season three, when they were more more so together, mm-hmm. they had an interesting dynamic and. Obviously, you don't want to undo Chandler and Monica, but if it weren't for Chandler and Monica, I wouldn't have hated Chandler ending up with Janice. <laughs> see, here's here's what I, I see Janice as, because this show, the very beginning of it, the writing was capturing that time of young adulthood before you have all these big responsibilities when you're just kind of there this the world's open for you there you could mm-hmm. pave your own way and a lot of times the friend group that you have is so instrumental in the life that you choose to lead as an adult and so mm-hmm. that's where it starts off but then you see like them pull some things that are very relatable to people and so a lot of people who have had bouts of insecurity end up saying yes to someone dating wise or just flirt with an idea of someone who is, you know, kind of below them, kind of below where they'd want to be dating. And like, and so Janice ends up being that of like, you look back and like, Oh, I was at a bad spot in life when I thought, yeah, maybe this person would be a good person to date. And so Mm -hmm. it was a, it was a really unique dynamic. And, And so what they had to do with that is to really blow up that, the annoying side of it because you're right that she probably doesn't have nearly as many defects as the show acts like she does. But mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely takes a very specific breed because she's, she's probably clingy. She's very talkative. She yeah. has a voice that's grating. And so, you know, you can see why people would be like, I don't want to be with her. And so they, they oh, play yeah. that really well. And Chandler is the perfect foil for a character like that. You would probably feel bad if it was like, ross or joey but because it's chandler and he's so awkward about it too it makes it funny instead of mean yeah well and let me just say i would love it if my girlfriend bought me rocky and bullwinkle socks <laughs> it's not like she's satan i'm just she i know <laughs> she's just annoying no she is and i mean and, and once they decided that no this isn't going to be the couple then when she whenever she came back it was more more and more annoying which kind of leads me to some uh, another great Chandler thing is getting rid of Janice by by literally buying a two thousand dollar plane ticket to Yemen (laughs) I thought you were going to say by the final time of getting rid of Janice which is also a good Chandler moment of like oh maybe you know we should try and pursue this when they're looking at the houses and she's going to move in next door but no let's go back to Yemen real quick yeah, that was such a funny uh, storyline, and like, and him telling telling them, uh, "I'm moving to Yemen," and everyone gets that. Okay, he's just getting rid of Janice, except for Joey. He's like, "Well, thanks for telling me." <laughs> I don't. I saw that like in list of um, one of those lists was like these are some great Chandler moments. I'm like, I vaguely remember it. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what was yeah. going on? I actually, even before Matthew Perry passed away, I've been re-watching Friends little by little with an older Friends podcast, and we're towards the end of season four. So the first four seasons are really fresh in my mind because I just watched them. Mm-hmm. But she, he ends up meeting Janice, meeting up with Janice, another Chandler and Rachel moment. Chandler and Rachel are getting their nails done. Janice walks in, and they like hook up, 
and Janice thinks they're together and Chandler's like, oh no, no, I need to get rid of her again. And he, in order to get away from breaking her heart again, he's like, my company is transferring me overseas to Yemen. And he's like, and I have to leave tomorrow. So then, then of course, this is a pre-9-11 world where she can follow him all the way to the gate. And she's like, I'm going to see you off to the gate. I want to see you get off the plane. I'm going to be with you for every moment until you leave. And then he's like, well, I guess I'm going to Yemen then. He buys a ticket and as he's getting on the plane. There's like this older woman. He's like, when do we get to Yemen? Can I stay with you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember that that now. And yeah. then it comes lately. Like, and then even the next season, the next time we see Janice, when she has that weird episode where she like dates Ross for an episode. And she's like, I know what you're thinking, but Chandler's in Yemen. See, I remembered the the one in the later seasons. I remember the later seasons a lot more than the early seasons. But um, when they're sh- Monica and Chandler are looking for houses and they find the perfect house yeah. and then realize that Janice and her husband are looking at a house next door and that they would be neighbors and like, oh, that does it. We have to buy this house now. I wasn't sure about it. But if you're buying this yeah. one, we need to buy that one so it can be neighbors. And he's like, we can't have that. So the plot is to um, try and seduce Janice, so to speak, of yeah. making her think that there's still feelings because she does love her husband. And so mm-hmm. to like kind of dupe her that, no, this wouldn't work because Chandler's still in love with Janice. And so mm-hmm. then Janice is like, oh, I can't, you know, like we can't do this. We can't make this work. But then she's like, but one little last moment of weakness and she kisses him and he's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> like he's squirming while she's just like, this is it. This is the final kiss. Yeah. That's a good moment. Yeah. It is, it's fun. Jan- uh, Janice is one of the, one of the people who they also brought back for the friends reunion they had on HBO max. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's changing gears a little bit. Cause if I'm yeah. thinking about my favorite Chandler moments. I had the one funny one with like the moving, (laughs) you're ruining moving day for us. That whole episode is great. Um, What was, Never mind. Never mind. I I forget. All right. Um, But the serious (laughs) one, the one that I really love for the character moment is I just, I think that they nailed the, the Monica Chandler proposal. Like there's some really good Chandler Monica moments. Mm -hmm. Um, like, and we talked about like how he bails out Joey and helps him fiscally. And then like, so then there's the one time when Monica realizes they can't afford their dream wedding. And Chandler's like, actually I've saved a bunch of money. I am really good with finances and showing that like, of course he would be, of course he'd be mm-hmm. great with finances. And that's not something that's rubbed in our face a lot, but it is something that pops up a couple different times because that's who he is. And it makes him feel like more of a fleshed out character. But I really just the the best Monica Chandler moment. I just love that proposal. I think it's so well done yeah. to have her be the mm-hmm. one that is sticking her neck out after choosing him over Richard mm-hmm. and saying, yes, I for sure want to settle that. I want to do this. I want to be a part of it, knowing that also he was going to propose as well. And so that this was. Like, it's not that Chandler's afraid of commitment anymore. So she can be the one to take that first step because that's who Monica is. And so she does take that first step, but she can't finish it. And Chandler meets her halfway. And it's a mutual proposal that is just Mm -hmm. so well done. It is well written. It's very, very good television. And Chandler and Monica play it perfectly. 
Yep. And then at the end, it breaks the tension when Joey's like, can we come in? Yeah, we're dying out here. <laughs> yeah. They let them have the moment. Then, of course, like, hey, it's still a sitcom. So, yeah. But a little, so leading up to that, you talked about Richard. Like Chandler was trying to act like he didn't want to get married to throw her off so she'd be surprised. And then that's when she like ran into Richard or something. And then Richard was telling her, I want to get married. And then Chandler was telling Richard, like, I was just pretending that I didn't want to get married. And Richard says, well, your plan worked very well. I love this line. Richard's like, or Chandler's like, well, it did until you came along, you big tree. <laughs> this is another thing that Angie pointed out that's that's great about Friends is um, they do a really good job of closing the chapter on other love interests to, oh, yeah. to show that they are for sure choosing this other person. You know, they did that with, uh, with Richard. They also do it with David and Phoebe to make mm-hmm. sure she's choosing Mike. So they give her that last moment like – yeah, you could still have this if you wanted, but no, she's she has the options, but she is 100% choosing Mike. And so it's the same with Phoebe and Monica. They are actually choosing each other and not just, we had a night of passion in London and then we, we didn't find our way out of it and we just mm-hmm. happened into marriage. It's actively choosing love. And I think that is a very key part of the romantic journeys of those characters. Yeah. And What's your favorite serious Chandler moment? Well, here's what I think. It's, it's, it's a perfect blend of serious and funny. And I don't – this might be another instance of uh, – maybe you know. Was this another instance of Matthew Perry needs to not be there, which was Chandler in a box? I'm not sure about that because I, I thought of that as well, especially when we're talking about like how he is for Joey mm-hmm. and what he's willing to do in that friendship. And that's yeah. a good example. Because the comedy is like, oh, Chandler's in a box and they make his jokes and stuff like that. But for most of that episode, I mean, until the end when he gets out, he probably wasn't actually there. So I'm thinking maybe he wasn't actually there for filming most of that episode. But because most of that would have been voiceover. Yeah. And like, but it also is a serious thing. Like he, he went in there because he was literally, especially at the end, choosing Joey over Kathy. And it wasn't until the end when Joey said like, we're going to be fine. You can go after her. And of course, then she cheats on him a couple of episodes later. But until then, you know, it, it was a sweet moment. And that's, I mean, it, it is like the perfect blend of funny and serious for Chandler, I think, for me. Yeah. Yes. Um, I brought up one moment, too, that we talked about recently, so I didn't feel like we needed to elaborate a lot on it. But I mean, the my favorite episode of this show we talked about about a month ago or two months. I mean, it's probably two months now, Um, but the one where everyone finds out between Phoebe and Chandler and they're both playing the game of sex chicken, so to speak. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And like, I, everything about that is so great. It's, it's definitely like Lisa Kudrow's like shining moment in the show. She has a lot of Mm -hmm. really good stuff, but this is the, her at her best followed by Chandler at his best. And what's unique about Chandler in this position is he's actually a little bit more of the straight man to Lisa Kudrow. He doesn't get straight man a whole lot, but I feel like that episode, he is just, he's at the whims of Monica's. I have to win obsession and trying to beat that. Like, he has no agency in this. He doesn't have control. He's just, I'm just trying to win till I can make my woman happy. And mm-hmm. so he does, he's not cracking jokes. He's not being like silly. He's just, he's giving awkward 
And this was before cringe humor was what it was today. So Mm -hmm. in the 90s of having cringe humor at this at the stage it was, he does a wonderful (coughs) job. And again, that's why my that episode is my favorite. It's so well done. Yeah, that that is that is a good good moment. And yeah, Chandler can do serious. He he doesn't do straight man very often because usually when someone else is being the wacky one, his version of being the straight man is making sarcastic comments about whatever's going on. Yes. <laughs> the I, what is it? I don't do advice well. Can I interest you in a sarcastic comment? Yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's here's another line that I really like. I I use this a lot, um, but I believe it's with Mike when Mike's trying to get relationship advice, and <clears> he's like, "I give bad advice. I'm trying to stay out of it." And so, like, Mike keeps pushing the issues. Like, Mike, I am pretending to read here. Yeah. <laughs> what are, What are some other small lines? Because, like, I feel like that's where he shines too. He, he like just these small moments, like everyone knows the Ross pivot, 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 but yeah. it's not as much without Matthew Perry. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Uh, another one was, it's a Halloween episode where Ch- uh, Chandler's dresses, the pink bunny. I think Ross is dating Mona at the time. And he comes in and he's like, Oh, Joey will be glad you dressed as a slutty nurse. And he's like, Oh, she's like, Oh, I'm I'm not a slutty nurse. I'm just a nurse. And he points to his costume. It's like you, you think this might embarrass me, but I'm maxed out. <laughs> or speaking of the embarrassment, when he's talking with uh, Anna Ferris about like he's the only one in the room with her, and so he's talking about to fill the time, the difference between like getting kicked in the balls for a guy <laughs> and uh, oh, giving yeah. birth for a woman, and is just like. Um, where, where, what was the oh crap what was the line where he's like saying it and it's just like uh it's just no one can know what the pain would be like kind of like this moment right now yeah which okay i'm not saying either way one way or the other but you know the argument i've heard what is that a lot of women voluntarily have a second kid but no man voluntarily says oh, i'm gonna get kicked in the nuts again uh okay really stupid rabbit trail i did as a kid because i thought hey if i can develop like a tolerance for pain on that then people can't hurt me so i thought somehow the more frequently that that could happen to me i would end up somehow developing muscles i don't know i was a kid i don't know what my logic was i just thought somehow i would be inoculated and be like yeah i could get kicked in the junk and be fine it never happened, and I just got kicked in the junk unnecessarily a lot for no reason. That is word for word an anecdote that could have been a Chandler line. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could also be a Nick Miller line. Yes, absolutely. That shows a lot about you as a person, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. I, I didn't think... say it was good. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to other great moments. Oh, Here's here's a fun one. I love so I've always loved sitcoms where they do a good setup of like everyone has a secret and then at a certain point all these secrets come out. And yeah. so it's like the uh, I love Jacques Cousteau episode when everyone mm-hmm. is shouting all these new this new information for um Ross Judy and yeah, yeah, yeah for Judy and oh what's his name? What's Jack, Judy and Jack. And so they're all like freaking out of like uh, Ross smoked in college and uh, 
Chandler and Monica are living together and all that stuff. And they've been against Chandler for so long um, because they just thought that Chandler was the reason that Ross was smoking pot sometime yeah. in college. <laughs> and so after all of that <laughs> came out and Judy like addresses every single problem as it comes, Judy and Jack turn to Chandler like, thank you, Chandler. You've been the one that's always there. <laughs> and Chandler's face just changes from you don't hate me to now I'm your favorite. And so then when they turn back to Ross and Rachel, or not right, Ross and Monica, and like, I don't know what we're going to do with you two. And Chandler, I'll talk with them. Yeah. That, that whole episode is quite the really turn. good. I love it. That is one of, um, I don't know if I could pick my favorite Thanksgiving episode of Friends. Tune in next week. But um, <laughs> that would definitely be in the running. Yeah. That that is a Thanksgiving episode. I mean, spoiler alert. That's probably my favorite. It was. It's a great episode. It is. It's one. Of, it may. It might be mine. I don't know for sure if it is. But uh, another episode of Friends is. It's uh, one of the first times they they decided to pick everybody will be in one location except for we take one character and put them apart, which was the blackout episode where Chandler was stuck in the ATM with yes uh, the supermodel Jill something. That's that's her name, Jill something. Yep, Jill something. Who I'm I'm assuming was she an actual famous supermodel at the time? Yes, she was. I don't know her, but I just remember like knowing that that was some mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah, and it worked because with Chandler's sarcasm, you get here you hear the voiceover of what's going on in Chandler's head, and even to himself, he can't stop being sarcastic and snarky. Like if she offers you gum, you take it. If she offers you a mangled animal carcass, you take it. Yes, that that was a very dynamic episode of Friends for Chandler because mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, it's something new to take this character and put him somewhere else with a guest star and to really yeah. be pulled away from everyone else. And mm-hmm. and it, it was done well. And I. Uh, I know a lot of people who like they love that episode. It's it's still early friends and I like I said I'm a late friends guy. Sorry. I normally am too, but it's just the early seasons are, are fresh in my mind because in in this yes. rewatch I am on season 4. I'm going to get through them. My go-to was always season 7. If I was going to just pick up pick up and watch for fun, I would just pick up season 7. Yeah. By the way, I looked up because I felt so bad that I messed up the line where he's talking with Anna Ferris and like how he's get, just digging his, oh, by the way, digging himself a hole. <laughs> his line, the, oh no, my parachute is a knapsack. Oh yeah. One of the few times early on, they, they without without knowing it, because they didn't have a plan back then, they hinted at Chandler and Monica, like in season one. <laughs> but uh, I, I looked up the quote and so he's, He's talking with her about um, you know, no, no one will ever know because no one can experience both. One of life's great unanswerable questions. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's something even more painful than those things, like this. Yes, that that's yeah. Anna that's, Ferris was a great guest star in those seasons. Yeah, and I like Anna Ferris. She's underrated. Me too. And another one with Chandler. I just had oh, it's also with Anna Ferris. This is one of like the. Probably the most inappropriate the show one of the most inappropriate the show has ever gone when she's trying to figure out which of these two guys got her pregnant and then Chandler says to Monica, Oh, it turns out the or Monica's sister, turns out the thing she did with the other guy you can't get pregnant from and Chandler's like, Oh, is it the thing we hardly ever do or the thing we never do? 
Um, oh, also, just because I love this movie too, I really enjoy Chandler's fascination with Miss Congeniality. Oh, yeah. I know that was only for one episode, but mm-hmm. there's a running gag for that episode. If, if you know it through a wall, wall you know it too <laughs> well. Or just now, I also remember Chandler with the Pac Man machine when he got so obsessed with it. Yes. His hand formed a claw. Yep. I remember Monica coming home. Guess what I did today? Well, it clearly wasn't showering or shaving. <laughs> oh, yeah. The time when he was uh, unemployed for like six episodes. Mm-hmm. Or like when Monica and him are, are still trying to hide their relationship and Monica's hiding underneath the, the water in the, in the tub and Chandler walks in and says, I've had a very long, hard day. Yes. that's good oh man so yeah there's a lot and and so those are for me the big moments and got to throw a couple of my favorite quips because he's he's got some great quips and every episode he has at least one line you're like that's a great line but Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't have enough time to do every single one of those lines but man I this Chandler is the comedic relief done right and yes it's funny because it's like in the universe his jokes are kind like they think his jokes are bad but it's kind of like dad jokes right where it's like Mm -hmm. people act like they don't like dad jokes but there's still this certain appeal to them that people really like dad jokes and Mm -hmm. maybe it's like just the idea of like oh i like to feel better than the jokes but it it's not like he tells bad jokes in this show. His jokes are legitimately funny. And so it's it's funny to see all these characters act like, oh, he just has these dumb jokes or whatever. Like his knock knock when like he's getting the he's getting ready to go into the apartment and he's like, I'm funny. What right? I'm sorry. And he's like talking to the door. He's like, What do you know? You're a door. You only think knock knock jokes are funny. And then he laughs to himself. It's like, save oh. it for inside. Well, that's when Ch- when Monica says someone at work was funny, and he's like obsessed with it, and like, oh no, I need, I'm the funny one. Yes, <laughs> but he is legitimately funny, and mm-hmm. you you can just tell that it's just a natural extension of who he is. <clears throat> he's a fine actor, but I feel like Matthew, like Chandler, is a version of Matthew Perry. It, it's hard to separate the actor from the character, especially as you see what he does mm-hmm. in in interviews and behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, you know, Matthew Perry is the whole reason that Bruce Willis guest starred on Friends. Yeah. And and he did it, what, for free? Because it was just a bet. Yeah, well, it was a bet when they were making the whole nine yards. Yep. Matthew Perry said, this movie will be a hit. And if it is, you have to come on. But it, it was No, it was technically they paid him because legally you can't just not pay an actor. Oh, sure. But uh, whatever he made from Friends, he donated to charity is, is what it was. So he right. more or less was on friends for free for those couple episodes. It's it's fun when character, when actors show up in shows just for their friends, like, okay, John Candy's on home alone. All of his filming happened over the course of 22 hours consecutively. They're like, we we've got you for this much time. We're going to use every second of that as much mm-hmm. as we can. And he, he actually got paid like the standard rate. So John Candy got paid less for home alone than the pizza delivery guy did. And like, who's the bigger actor there? All right, come on. Yeah. Oh, you don't. You mean John Johnson isn't the greatest actor in the world? I don't well, know he's John Candy's great, but there's no John Johnson. So, do you know about the, you know about the crazy conspiracy theory that Elvis is in Home Alone? 
no, I didn't know that. I know the crazy conspiracy theory that Kevin McAllister grows up to be Jigsaw from the Saw movies. I've heard that one. But no, it's, it, it, I mean, this is just ridiculous. But in that scene where, where, um, Kevin's mom is at the at the counter, and just before John Candy, John Candy is overhearing what's happening before he steps in. There's a man that's that's standing behind them, just like an extra, and it's just like his facial features look similar to Elvis, and he's like wearing, uh, he, he has a beard on, and some people are like, oh my gosh, that's Elvis. He secretly didn't die, and he grew a beard, and he's in an extra in Home Alone, and like, it's just like so much of a stretch, and like. I was watching Home Alone just this past week and I, I seen came in and I saw that guy. I'm like, I mean, I would never have put Elvis together unless I, unless I already didn't know that conspiracy theory. Like it's just the guy who kind of looks like Elvis a little bit, man. These, I remember as a kid, all these different conspiracy theories for all these classic movies. We have different conspiracy theories now, but like for movies, there used to be a ton like um, the the ghost boy in Three Men and a Little Baby or yeah. the munchkin who hung himself in the background yep. of okay. Wizard of Oz um, yeah. or like any of the Disney animated like sneaking in. Although with the rescuers down under, they did sneak in um, a couple frames of actual nudity in rescuers down yes. under. But yeah. like the the different stuff of in Lion King and Little Mermaid and all that sort of stuff they yeah, and Aladdin they, and they Aladdin. all have the stuff yeah. yeah. So now I I don't feel like I hear that I hear fan theories from movies now versus conspiracy theories from movies. But mm-hmm. yeah, twenty years ago it used to be like yeah you know all these different urban legends. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, most of them are just crap. Yeah, um, they, yeah, yeah, most mm-hmm. most urban legends are that's true. All right. Like uh, the story about the guy who would willingly ask people to kick him in the junk just so that he could get stronger and be able to take it eventually. Yep. Yep. That never happened. That was completely urban legend. There's no basis. for. So last week's trivia. <laughs> All right, guys. If you didn't listen to last week's uh, episode, last week was a lot of fun. We had two guest stars. Um, our first time with a, a guest star named Alex and our seventh time or sixth time with Paul. Eighth time. Eighth time. <laughs> you know, one of those. At this point, I just stopped counting and I let Brian do it for me. Um, so we got to have them on. That was a lot of fun. That was a great episode. Check it out. But we asked about, um, because one of the top shows from the 2000s was Lost. And so originally, what character was cast as Jack Shepard? And that was Matthew Fox. Or not, well, Matthew Fox ended up playing him. <laughs> Sorry. That was Michael Keaton was originally cast as Jack Shepard. Now, here's yeah. the idea is that we also know that Jack Shepard, you probably heard this, he was supposed to die in the first episode. There's this whole thing about like, we're going to pull the rug out from under the audience and kill the protagonist right away. And the whole thing is actually going to focus more on Kate than on Jack. And the producers are like, that's a really risky move. I don't think we should do that. I don't think he can pull it off. And they pretty much forced him to change the script around and to have Jack Shepard be a regular. And at that point, Michael Keaton was like, I don't know if I have the time to commit to movies or to TV. So he had to bow out because he thought it was just going to be a one-off and he could do that. And so instead of Michael Keaton, we got the unknown actor at the time, Matthew Fox or relatively unknown who uh, best decision for that, <laughs> that actor, I think. Yeah. And so definitely, yeah. I think it worked out really well. I like, I thought Matthew Fox did really well in that role, even if I don't think Jack Shepard's a great character. Mm-hmm. So this week for trivia, Matthew Perry in real life, he is the son of an actor. His, his, his dad, John Bennett Perry, 
was actually a guest star on an episode of Friends. So who did Matthew Perry's real-life dad play on Friends? Ross Geller. Yep. Season I knew it. Yep. Man. Though, it was me, your father, the whole time. That's that's the extended version. All right. Well, hey, that's it for this week's episode. Um, I hope you guys really enjoy this. I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving. We're right at the cusp of it. So next week we are going to have our Thanksgiving episode. But I think that's, if I'm doing my math right, I think that's going to come after the Thanksgiving holiday. So have yep. a safe one. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time. If you don't have family that you spend time with for Thanksgiving, I'm sorry. I hope that you uh, have good people around you that can be a support system that you hang out with. Um, but either way, I hope you eat a lot of food and that it's good food and it's great. And uh, also, rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Thank you for making us laugh. We really appreciated all the joy that you brought us. So hopefully you're you're looking down on us and enjoying this this episode. So until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And we're reminding you to stay tuned and keep watching.